live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 612, so many of us count on that tax refund every year. They say you're not supposed to count on it, but a lot of folks do. It's kind of nice. <laughs> it's hard not to if you if you are pretty confident you're getting money back. You know what? I We always jump on it right away because I'm always so freaked out now about ID fraud and yeah. all that. They say the sooner you do your taxes, yeah. the sooner you get that refund in your account. someone else getting my refund. Yeah, exactly. And if you're getting a decent chunk of money back, also easy to look forward to a spending spree. ABC's Daria Albinger here with a word of caution on that in this morning's tax tip. Before you spend that refund, I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. So you've completed your return and you're getting a nice refund. Before you plan that trip, even just to the mall, heed this advice from ABC News business correspondent Alexis Christophorus. I know it's very tempting to want to take that tax refund and go and splurge on a new TV or a vacation, but at least take part of that refund and start to pay down debt, especially in an environment where we're having rising interest rates. Credit card debt is so high right now. If you can take all or part of that refund and pay down that debt, you're paying yourself off in the end. Even if you don't have debt, she says it's still a good idea to put away at least part of that refund. Beef up your emergency savings. With a possible recession looming, it's more important than ever to have a few months of income set aside. So use that refund to do things like that. We won't tell if you treat yourself to just a little something, though. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by The Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net. That's N-E-A-L group.net for a free consultation. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Quarterback watch in the NFL continues. As ESPN has reported, the New York Jets and Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers wrapped up their meetings late Tuesday evening. As ESPN's Adam Schefter believes there are only two likely scenarios for the four-time MVP heading into 2023. My sense is there continue to be more and more signs about him leaving Green Bay. And I think in the end, my sense is that ultimately it will come down to whether he wants to play elsewhere, which would be really the New York Jets, or whether he wants to retire. To me, those are the two most logical options and the two most likely scenarios here. It was also reported no trade is imminent, but that Rodgers is open to the idea of playing in New York. Teams can start making some trades and signing some free agents one week from today as the NFL New League year begins on March 15th. Over to the hardwood where the NBA's best team was back in action last night as the Milwaukee Bucks were down in Orlando to take on the Magic. The Bucks were without all-stars both Giannis and Drew Holiday, and, well, it turned out to be no issue for them. And it was knocked away by Ingles as he tried to get to Wagner, and now it's Carter going the other way. Mentioned he likes this shot, and he pulls up and sticks the transition three from the right wing. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Carter would splash that three home and score a total of 24 points on the night, while Brooke Lopez led the charge with 26. Overall, it was a great team win as six players ended up scoring in double figures. And despite having the best record in the league, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, head coach Mike Budenholzer still sees areas of improvement. We're looking just to, to you know, improve and get better. Um, we like the depth of the roster. We feel like we can go lots of different ways. So, um, you know, we just want to keep getting better, keep getting better defensively, um, really, really work to improve offensively and be playing our best ball going into the playoffs. 
Bucks are back in action Thursday as they welcome in the Brooklyn Nets to the Pfizer Forum. Two college hoops where Wisconsin gets set to kick off their Big Ten tournament tonight against Ohio State beginning at 5.30. Earlier this week, ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi joined ESPN Madison to break down Wisconsin's path to the college basketball tournament. Well, if we assume that, you know, we're talking at large and then mm-hmm. not winning the whole tournament, right, you have to, then we know they're going to lose the game, right? Right. Presumably against a really good tournament-level team. So I would say to move ahead, they need to win more of those games than they lose. So at least two wins and maybe three to be safe. Wisconsin is currently a 12 seed in the Big Ten tournament with a win tonight would look to face off with the number five seed Iowa on Thursday. This college basketball tournament update is presented by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Coming up, jumping in Lake Michigan for a cause. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Today we launch our next WTMJ Cares initiative, and this one is actually a bit painful. Three, two, one. Hit it, Oh, it makes me cold thinking about it. The Polar Plunge for Special Olympics, Wisconsin. That was me doing it a few years ago. Uh, this year, I'm going to do it at the Milwaukee Lakefront, week from Saturday. Now, these events occur across the state every late winter, and collectively, it's the biggest fundraiser in support of Special Olympics, Wisconsin, every year. So we're getting on board here at WTMJ. Chad Hirschner is president and CEO of Special Olympics, Wisconsin. He is live with us this morning. Thanks for being up early with us, Chad. You bet. Good morning, Vince. And good morning to you. So we've had a number of plunges in spots across the state already, right? The plunge season is well underway. Think what, Eau Claire and La Crosse last weekend? Yes, I was in La Crosse last weekend, so we had that and Eau Claire last weekend, and we're gearing up for Milwaukee and Whitewater. Yeah, so the last two plunges coming up. You can jump with us into Lake Michigan Saturday, March 18th, or you can jump in Whitewater, as Chad mentioned. So. So, Chad, folks sign up to do this, and you ask them to go out there and say to their friends and coworkers, I'll do the crazy part. You just support me with a donation. But if you want to jump with us, you can still sign up, right? Absolutely. Yep. There's still plenty of time to sign up and get your friends together and register, so you can do all of that at plungewi.org. So talking with Chad Hirschner, President and CEO of Special Olympics Wisconsin. So, Chad, you reach thousands of athletes with intellectual disabilities across the state, and you know, when I was serving on the board for all those years and a couple years as our board chair, you know, I always told folks, yes, we give our athletes a chance to practice and play and compete in sports, but there's a lot more in it for them as well. Absolutely, yes. I mean, a lot of people know us for the sports work we do, but they may not be aware of all of the free health screenings and our Healthy Athletes Program and the work we do there to help our athletes improve their health and wellness, too. You know, in talking with so many of our athletes over the years, the other thing that I that I love about Special Olympics is for so many of them, and you've heard me say this before, but it's like it's at the core of their identity. If you if you meet a Special Olympics athlete, it's one of the first things that they will tell you about themselves. It's so important to them and to their lives. Absolutely. It is part of their identity. It's, it's their community. Uh, and the whole reason why Special Olympics exists is, to support the athletes and give them that sense of belonging and inclusion and activities and everything that, you know, help them be the best that they can be. What kind of things are our athletes doing right now? I know sort of winter sports season is wrapping up. You had the big state winter games earlier this year, and then we'll be transitioning into spring sports like track and field and soccer and all that other good stuff. Correct. We are actually in full swing for basketball right now. So we're leading up to our spring games that take place in Oshkosh in April. 
So everyone is competing in basketballs and regionals and sectionals, uh, looking to go to state as well as swimming. And then as soon as spring games is over, you're right. We make the turn and everybody goes to track and field and get ready for our summer games in uh, June. Talking with my pal Chad Hirschner, president and CEO of Special Olympics Wisconsin. You know, another thing about all of that participation, Chad, what always blew me away is as wonderful as Special Olympics is and how many opportunities you provide for the thousands of athletes across the state. I think the number is something like for every athlete that we have who's part of Special Olympics who has an intellectual disability, there are two, maybe three who could be part of Special Olympics who, for whatever reason, still still haven't found us. Uh, what are you doing to reach out to them? And, and what would your words of encouragement be to a family who maybe has a young one or to someone who is a caregiver who knows someone who might benefit from Special Olympics? Absolutely. I would say our doors are always open. We are always looking to welcome new athletes. Again, our youngest athlete is two, and our oldest athlete is 94. So we <laughs> yes. serve the whole continuum of ages. I think some people might think Special Olympics is just for kids, or is there a role for me, and I'm in my 30s. Yes, there is. You know, we have 19 different Olympic-style sports serving all ages and all abilities. So uh, encourage everybody to reach out and join the movement. Hey, Chad, it's Eric. What advice would you give Vince for when he is going to plunge in the water? I'm assuming this is something that you've also considered doing or have done in the past. So the athletes have actually challenged me to do Plunge the President. So we've launched <laughs> a little fundraising effort because this will be my first time. Nice. So I was going to ask Vince for advice. Uh, but we have a Plunge the President campaign going on now. So if we raise $10,000, I am going in the icy water with you, Vince. Um, so I've been attending all the plunges, getting lots of advice and input, especially from the athletes. And, you know, part of our athlete oath is to be brave in the attempt. So, Vince, I would just tell you, be brave, my friend, and we'll do this together. Listen, here's the thing, Chad. I've done the, all of the plunges that I've done, and each one in different parts of the state is, is different. All of the ones I've done have been jumping into, like, the big pool of water where we set out the tank, and you've seen that in, in some of the plunges. This one is running into Lake, Lake Michigan. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive about that. So maybe we'll go in together. I mean, we can hold hands or whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yep, our, our plunge in lacrosse this past weekend was also a run-in plunge. So I saw a lot of people take a big, deep breath before they ran down the beach and into the water. Uh, but then, you know, once they come out of the water, the sense of accomplishment and joy, we did this, uh, has been just so amazing. And just the energy at these plunges is contagious. And I think for it to count, I mean, I'm just going to put this on ourselves. We've got to go under. I mean, I'm talking full immersion. Submerged. You can't, yeah, you yeah. can't dip a toe. Like you and I both full under. And, and if there's any question as to whether or not the athletes are going to help you raise that $10,000 to get you in, I can put that to rest right now. They'll get it done. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. That is for sure. Chad Hirschner, president and CEO of Special Olympics Wisconsin. Thanks so much for your work across the state, Chad. I know folks are glad to have you as their president and CEO, and I look forward to seeing you on the 18th. Sounds great. Thank you for all you do, Vince. Appreciate it. All right, my friend, WTMJ Cares is on. You can take the polar plunge with us or, fine, stay warm and dry. Support our efforts with a donation. Text the word CARES to the Old National Bank talk and text line. That is 855-616-1620 or visit WTMJ.com for a link.
Just about 6.42, it is International Women's Day, and the timing worked out pretty well for the show running now at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Now playing through the weekend is Six the Musical, the story of the six wives of Britain's King Henry VIII. Yeah, you've heard it before throughout history, only this time it is written and performed from an entirely different point of view. It reclaims the history of the women telling the story from their perspective. The wives each take a stage in a performance that is sort of part conference, uh, concert and part history lesson. Each wife gets to tell their own story. It's been described as sort of the ultimate girl power musical. <laughs> well, and kind of like it has a sort of Hamilton feel to it, to me in the previews yeah. that I've seen just because of the diversity of the cast as well. Absolutely. It's a very uh, modern feel to the show. Very high energy and should be a really exciting and empowering experience. Yeah, Eric just didn't they all get killed? Right, I think yeah, he, he yeah. most, if not all of them. There were some beheadings and Right. Right. If I recall, yeah, because he was disappointed with them or whatnot. Yes, right. So it's, it's not light content. Right. No, but still, <laughs> but, it's still but, right. but I bet it'll be intense and creatively yeah. done. Six sure. the musical. That's uh, Katie Dillo with Marcus Performing Arts Center. She's the vice president of finance and administration. And actually, we talked a little bit more about this being Women's History Month and about what they're doing to promote and empower women at the Marcus Center, starting, of course, with the programming. We're committed to presenting productions that star artists and feature stories that reflect the diverse community that we live in. Certainly, we see this with Six, which has Really, we are nearly sold out for the week-long run, and I think that popularity really demonstrates um, that there's a strong desire from audiences to see women on stage and to hear their stories. Um, Six is a show that uh, was written and directed by women. We also, later in this season in May, have Hadestown, um, which was also written and directed by women. It's important to note also beyond the programming, Katie points out what they're doing with staffing, what they're doing with their board at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. She said 53% of their staff is made up of women, 35% of women in leadership positions, and the board of directors is 53% women as well, definitely targeting that. And the timing, you know, typically they don't get to pick when their slate of musicals comes through Milwaukee, but obviously this time it works out pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty well, pretty right? Nice. To have six the musical this Women's History Month. And again, it runs through the weekend. If there are tickets available, and there aren't many, you can check out the link at WTMJ.com for a link on how to get tickets to six the musical through the weekend at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Everybody knows that we Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Quarterback watch in the NFL is in full effect as the New York Jets and the Packers four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers have had multiple conversations in regards to his playing future. A contingent of Jets team officials, including owner Woody Johnson, general manager Joe Douglas, and head coach Robert Sala flew out to California on Tuesday to meet in person with the veteran quarterback. It is yet to be determined if the meetings will result in a trade as the new league year begins on March 15th. Over to the NBA as Brooke Lopez scored 26 points and both Javon Carter and Chris Middleton each added 24. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Orlando Magic by a final score of 134 to 123. Both Giannis and Drew Holiday did not play for the Deer. With the win, it becomes the Bucks' 18th victory in their last 19 games. 
Next up for the Bucks is a Thursday night matchup as Brooklyn comes to town. Two college hoops where Wisconsin gets set to kick off their Big Ten tournament tonight against Ohio State. Tip-off is set for 5.30. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. As the NFL offseason kicks off next week, it seems quite likely the Green Bay Packers will have a new starting quarterback heading into 2023. As multiple sources have confirmed, the New York Gents sent out a contingent of team officials to California to meet with Packers four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. Those who traveled, general manager Joe Douglas, head coach Robert Sala, and even included owner Woody Johnson. You could say, according to one of my favorite movies... I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. Yes, things are getting pretty serious, and as I sat on my couch last night, endlessly scrolling through my Twitter feed in search of an update, I pondered this question. What is head coach Matt LaFleur thinking? Are coach and general manager Brian Gunikins on the same page? My fear here is they are not, based on words spoken by both of them, and I'm curious what that could ultimately mean for the future of Green Bay. By all we know, based on his own words, LaFleur has wanted 12 back each of the past few seasons we have had to go through this. We have also seen the head coach, how ecstatic he was on draft night in 2020 when the team selected Jordan Love. Bottom line, my opinion is LaFleur is widely split on his feelings, which might not be a good thing. I need my head coach all in on one side of the spectrum while maintaining the same vision as the general manager and front office. LaFleur knows what he has in Rodgers, right? It's safe, it's comfortable, 13 wins and back-to-back years. But at the same time, he's also very likely excited about his future with Jordan Love. If all comes to fruition and Rodgers is dealt, which at this time seems like it's probably likely, I need to hear that both the whole front office and the head coach are on the same exact page, reading the exact same word at the same time. If not, look out, Packers fans. Coming up on 653, you just heard the news earlier. Applications for emergency teaching licenses in the state up some 30% this year. New educators aren't making it long, and longtime teachers are giving up. And a lot of it has to do with school safety if you talk to them. Students, teachers, folks not feeling safe in the classroom. This at the same time that the state's two largest school districts eliminated agreements with their local police to have school resource officers. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth and former Milwaukee police lieutenant, is with us this morning. I'm a big believer in the school resource officer program. Uh, I don't know where you come down on that, Ken. Hear the silence? That's exactly where I come down on it. At some point, we have to recognize that school resource officers do more than safety. Bingo. You've got mentors. You've got people you can look up to, people you can confide in. But what they really do is stop intruders from coming in the school. If you get rid of them, Wauwatosa East is going to happen every day at every school. And the buzzword inner city schools, the buzzword biggest schools, clearly that's not going to fly because we're getting school fights all over. There's something about this generation that's different. From every other generation, wait a minute, I'm showing my age. Uh, every other generation, <laughs> well. every other generation that I've that I've you know watched, and they don't handle conflict remotely close to the way other people do. 
And so how do you change that? How do you make them safe? How do you make teachers safe, staff? That's ridiculous that you have that many emergency licenses because teachers are either not coming back or graduating and not going into the field. And it's because of safety. You know, and folks like to bag on teachers and you can have that debate, whatever. But this is their workplace. Yes. So imagine if at your work you really didn't feel safe, physically safe. And that is reality for a lot of teachers. Yeah, it is. And so it's it's odd that they would not want the police there for whatever reason, right? But now teachers are getting hurt. Um, and and on an adjacent thing, what about airplanes now? Remember you used to have sky marshals? Now fights are breaking out on airplanes. Guy attack people with a spoon. With younger people. Like what is it about that generation that we have to now go back to being more safe? So if we are able to bring in SROs, whether there are multiple or at least one in most schools or every school, you got to have two. Does that begin to fix the problem or you're going toward the generational thing? It sounds like, you know, what's one man or woman going to do? Well, you got to have two. Um, Deterrence is the biggest, you know, block to crime. Just just being there. You know, they've learned through studies, parking a police car in different places, whether it's got a person inside or not deters crime and we've got to do something because we don't have enough cops so something innovative has to happen you know we've we've got the cops website through the u.s doj you've got so many resources here in the state of wisconsin it's time to start using them when you mentioned the relationship component can you know come from a long line of educators my dad and my stepmom were both athletic directors at tosa east and teachers they had a great relationship with the sro at the time because he was always present at sporting events right. my wife taught social studies at tosa east she would have the officer in every year to talk to her social studies students about their rights right and they would have a great dialogue here's a cop saying you know what if an officer pulls you over and says this, uh, you don't have to do this. You can do that. This is how I mean. Right. And they had a great dialogue and they built that relationship. Well, part of it is that we don't like the police today. So we don't like the police in any iteration. The problem is what happens when you're a student and you need help and you don't want to go to your parents and you don't want to go to your counselor. There's no one to go to. And but, that's and you've been why told cops, cops bad. Right. Cops bad. Cops Can't go bad. there. Don't call 911. So what do you do? We, you know, what, what happens at Wauwatosa East happens over and over until someone's dead. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate at 1017 The Truth. Always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you, sir. You can listen to him on the afternoon show.